I'm looking back at what you've made of yourself It's the light so, after an awesome night catching up with my friends, I ventured out to explore a bit. I went to uh, this park, I what it's called, but basically to see the sunset, I park in this sort of main street area. I asked someone, where's the best place to see it? And they said, oh, up there. And so I walked up, I swear to God, it was like a total of eight blocks, like straight uphill to overlook all of San Francisco, which was a good look. And so I was very excited as sunset approached, only to realize that there was like mega clouds where it was setting. So it kind of just, just squashed the whole sunset. Next day, I had brunch with my friends and then I headed off to Los Angeles. I stayed at the Sheridan Grand, which was a nice hotel. I ended up walking around Los Angeles I had another fail. I, I bought a, uh, I was going to do a double-decker bus tour. I thought I was going to be a good tourist and really see the sights that way. I got my ticket online, and then I, I thought it was going to be right out near the hotel. I jump on the bus, you know, and I go see it. Well, now, the meeting point was about a good 20 minutes away into, like, Hollywood area. And so I said, all right, let me take an Uber there. And I get there, and I'm waiting. I'm on like a shady corner, it's called Hollywood and Vine. And I'm waiting and I'm like, this is just, and it's like almost like two o'clock. And then I reach out, finally I, I find out that I'm, I'm waiting in the wrong place. And I, uh, I walk to wherever it was, another three quarters of a mile, only to get to the, to the double decker bus place. And the last bus had just left at two o'clock and it was like 2.15. So, bullet in the head, and I continued to walk around. Los Angeles was good. Uh, of course, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, won the World Series. I got to uh, feel a little bit of that vibe, but again, COVID weird. And then from Los Angeles, I went to uh, Palm Springs, where I met up with my friend Sarah. It was two little 11-month twin girls. Pretty amazing. So Sarah was my actually like my boss around 2010 when I was a convention manager and she's like super smart and on the side she actually taught at NYU as an adjunct professor. Say it was around probably like 2015 she was leaving New York and heading back to California where she was originally from. I was like, hmm, I wonder if she could see me replacing her with the NYU gig and she was like hell yeah and so I I waited on and she forwarded my name to her contact at the college and the gentleman got back to me and I'd say probably like the following week I went in I interviewed can't really remember what I said but I do know that things that I had done at work etc possibly maybe would have qualified me and sure enough I got the job I guess as as the reality became clear that now I'm going to have to learn how to be a professor. And so that summer, which was, I guess, summer of 
2015, I began to teach a hospitality course along with a couple other professors. I don't remember one guy's name, but the other gentleman, his name was Gary. This, this guy was like the ultimate professor professional, and he definitely taught me the ropes. And so I'll never forget my first day teaching class. I parked right down near Washington Square Park, and I walked through the park to the very cool NYU building. And honestly, it was... I hate to use the word surreal. I think I've used that a thousand times, but it was surreal. As I walk in, I show my new NYU ID proudly to get in. I got to meet the class, awesome class of people genuinely looking to better themselves. And while I probably didn't come off as professional as Gary, I felt like we all connected and I was able to share like like real life experiences and things that have gone on in my time with Marriott. The first time someone addressed me as Professor Fitzgerald, it, it took all I had to not to laugh. I proceeded to teach the class until the end of the summer. At the end, we had a big group picture. It was an absolutely awesome, awesome experience. So around this time that Mommy and I let you guys know that we were going to uh, get a divorce, I'll never forget that day, and I'm, I'm sure you guys don't. We sat in the backyard and told you that we had uh, decided to, to go our separate ways. It broke both our hearts, and tears were shed. But you know what? Mommy and I, we committed early on to never letting our end be the end of our mutual <laughs> and never-ending love for the three of you. I can't imagine what time was like for you. Uh, in your heads when that was all going on. I believe, and I still do, that Mommy and I will never <laughs> waver when it comes to ensuring you guys have the love and support needed to better yourselves and to one day leave the nest and fly on the strength <laughs> of your own wings. And I, and I see that coming. And uh, each of you, uh, you're finding your, your path in life and me and Mommy couldn't be prouder. optimistic about the future and all the good things that are going to come your way. Oh, and to, you know, to wrap up the NYU thing, it ended up offering me uh, another job the following semester, but it was there's something they wanted me to lead online, uh, which actually would have been pretty good these days, huh? I knew that really wouldn't be good for me in my style. I was more of a hands-on, in-front-of-you type professor. So that really was the start and finish of my professorship, but certainly a, a time I will treasure. Also, a, just, a, just a time when I wasn't sure how things were going to go. I was always optimistic that things would work out if we all sort of were on the same page. And for that, I am grateful. Much love. Uh, sorry to get deep on this. Wasn't my intention, but I will talk to you soon. Ciao. As I speak to you now, I drove last night from Palm Springs to Flagstaff, Arizona, and I stayed in Flagstaff last night. And right now, as I speak to you, I am driving from Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon, where I will get to check out, I think, uh, Mother Nature at its best and hoping to make the best of it. 
and then uh, next or t- tomorrow I should say is Halloween and I booked myself a uh, UFO and Vortex tour uh, in Sedona uh, which is maybe like 20 minutes or so from Flagstaff so this part of the journey I'm, I'm trying to want to experience some more I think I might even bike ride along the south rim here in the Grand Canyon TBD uh, I'll know that in the next half hour when I get there this has been the place that I was really looking forward to uh just saying I've talked to you guys recently you're all y'all doing good Nora it's great to have you back at school Aiden you're taking care of your business Devin you're taking care of your business I'm a proud papa keep up the great work <laughs> and I will uh, I'll talk to you talk to you soon I'll try to do a little better job uh, making it a little more consistent because today is October 30th alright peace hey I just wanted to put this out there that I came to the Grand Canyon earlier after I spoke to you guys I guess you could say unfreaking believable like this huge hole that has all these rock formations and river runs through it and oh my gosh it is incredible I wanted to get to a place to uh, watch the sunset and uh, of course I got lost turned around here the GPS doesn't work because can't get a signal but lo and behold, I just we just started driving. And then I ended up in this, they have these little drive-offs, the main road, they can overlook the canyon all, all over the place. And so uh, I finally came around and I pulled over here and I am sitting in the car. I'm looking out to my left and the sun is gonna probably set in the next 15 minutes and I have the most awesome view. And it, <laughs> and it just it just ended up happening. But I just I had to share this moment because I am actually I don't know a little shaken. It's so beautiful, and there's no one else around. It's just me. All right, so here I am the day after. It is now November 1st, and uh, last I left you, I had left, I guess, the Grand Canyon. And so when I was driving back from the Grand Canyon, it was getting dark, and I was heading back to the hotel in Flagstaff. And as I was getting near, I was thinking the next day I was going to be going to Sedona. I was actually wanting to have a night out. And a few days prior, I really haven't done any paid excursions up to this point. So I, I, I used the good old TripAdvisor to see what was going on. And <laughs> I identified a UFO vortex tour taking place on Halloween night at dusk or when it got dark. So instead of going right back to the hotel, I decided I'm going to drive to Sedona, which is about 40 minutes beyond Flagstaff, not to mention, which I didn't realize at the time, uh, you're basically going up and over a mountain to get to Sedona. So after a two-hour drive, I pull into Sedona 
And I find the uh, the old Sedona Barn Grill. And I had a bite and a drink in there. I spoke to, I think, uh, both the, the, the server and the, the bartender, trying to get a feel for the area, because as I told them, I'm coming in tomorrow night, going to see a foe, blah, blah, blah. And the guys tell me that there's really no lift. There's no Uber. I said, well, prefer to be safe and get driven around. What would you recommend? And so he says, I, I, I got something for you. And he gives me the card, says, this, this is who you want. And I look at the card and it says, Sedona Tom. And Tom sounds to be legend in this in this neck of the woods. So uh, I talked to the uh, bartender a little bit more and he told me how this UFO vortex tour, you kind of go out there with night vision goggles and you look up in the sky and you see whatever, you know, is going on up there, which he says is sometimes pretty intense. He also says to me, he goes, you know, tomorrow night, Halloween, and in addition, it's actually a full moon. He says they're having a drum circle up on top of a cathedral rock. So I was like, interesting, noted. And so I then had to drive the 40 minutes back over the mountain to get back to the Flagstaff Hotel, which I did. And Got there safe and sound. Next day, I woke up. I had my tea, <laughs> which I do daily, right? And I'll tell you, sometimes I'm just, I don't know, giddy with excitement for what's coming that, that I, I don't even really eat until, I don't know, it could be 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So while I'm having my uh, morning tea, I look because my big dilemma was after my big Sedona night, I'd have to come back to Flagstaff because I couldn't get a room in Sedona. I think the cheapest was like $300. So I go on my little Bonvoy app, and lo and behold, the courtyard Sedona pops up with the employee rate for 49 bucks, And I was like, boom, boom, I booked that, and I ended up getting ready to get out of there. And so I reached out to Sedona Tom with a little phone tag. We finally connected and we agreed that he would pick me up uh, at 6.30 p.m. Halloween night later on that day and would take me to the UFO Vortex tour. In the meantime, I had a whole day ahead of me. I decided maybe it's time for my second hike. So I drove back <laughs> to Sedona and uh, was able to check into my hotel there, which was right in the middle of everything, and surrounded by mountains and rocks, and they're all sort of rustic, and there's trees. I'm literally sitting out, I'm on the first floor, and I'm, there's like a little deck outside, and I could sit out there. It's on the first floor, so you have this awesome view of these rustic red mountains in the background, and kind of feel like you're home on the range. I headed out and went to you know, the hiking spot, parked the car, found the trail and set out on my little journey. As I'm going through the trail, maybe it's a, I don't know, a mile tops, but you come out of this sort of forest walk, it's this big flat surface of like rustic red rock. And it's, it's almost like you're standing on the, the surface of Mars and you look out and it's just the sick red rustic rocks and mountains and it's just so cool. So I kind of soaked that in, hung out. There was actually someone getting married or not getting married, but actually, you know what? I think they were getting married and obviously having photo ops galore with the beauty out there. Then I uh, walked my way back to the car and drove back to the uh, courtyard. 5.30, 6 o'clock, got myself together, 
sure enough, 6.30, Tom shows up, uh, he calls me, I come down, there's this white van. <laughs> Kids, don't try this at home. And so I, I, I walk up and I open the front door and there is Tom. Inside the van, there's like Indian sort of tchotchke knickknacks. The back, there's red and blue lights. And Tom introduces himself, I say hello. And he is a character. You know, if you have a chance, YouTube Sedona Tom. Uh, he's definitely uh, made some press over the years. Proceeds to take me to the spot where the UFO Vortex people are meeting. We sit there. He continues to tell me these stories. And it's just, it's like a pitch black parking lot off the side of some road. Turns out Tom has a very uh, colored past, uh, but he's been sober for 31 years. And uh, he's, gosh, he tells me all these stories about running drugs over and back and forth from Mexico and... I will tell you, these stories do not appear to be embellished. Eventually, everything kind of caught up with him and kind of saw the error of his ways. And now his sort of thing is given back to not just society, but to Sedona by doing uh, free rides for people that are uh, maybe indulging and wanting to get to and from places safely. He does accept gratuities, and rightfully so. You can't help but give him one. And so I'm sure he does pretty okay in regards to that. And at the end of the day, he is a great guy. And as I'm sitting there talking to him, listening to his stories, I look over to my right and there's a car parked there. There was no reason for it. And then with that, I look to my left and there's a cop knocking on Tom's window and he rolls it down. And as he's rolling it down, I'm thinking to myself, is Tom really a good guy or what's going on? But as he rolls the window down, the cop says, Sedona Tom, how you doing? And they, they start to talk and he acknowledges me. And so after about, I swear, a, a good 10 minutes of talk, the officer goes on his way and Tom's like, I got to go do another pickup. So he says, uh, I'll, I'll let you out. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. He takes off, and I'm left in this place. It's pitch dark. There's not a soul around. And I'm thinking, hopefully these people come soon. And with that, I look at my phone, and I, I see I have an email. And the email is from the UFO Vortex store telling me that it's been canceled due to clouds in the sky, which obviously I couldn't even see. And I, whatever, I had to think, what am I going to do? But the first and only thing I realized I could do was to call Tom back. I give him a call. He picks up the phone and he says, no problem. I'm just making a drop. I'll, I'll come pick you up. I said, all right, appreciate it. And in a little bit, he comes by, picks me up and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And again, nothing really going on in the town because of COVID. And then also I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, do you know where Cathedral Rock is? And he said, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, tonight's the drum circle. I said, take me to the drum circle, please. So off we went cruising and going deep into the forest. He's got his classic rock playing. Picture Willie Nelson. Picture that you're driving with Willie Nelson. That was exactly what I felt was going on. And then finally, we get to this spot. He stops and he's like, here you are. I look out and it is completely 
pitch blackout. As I opened the door to say goodbye to Tom, I could hear the drums emanating from way up above. And I bid adieu to Tom. <laughs> I start to walk. And so now by, really by the, the light on my phone, I am trying to follow this trail to go up to the top of the mound. And the drums are going. <laughs> and so as I'm making my way up, at one point, I, I guess I must veer off the path. And I'm like, not that I'm lost, but I, I'm not going the right way. So I surely could have panicked, but I said, wait a minute, let me just look for someone else coming up the mountain. And sure enough, I look over and I see some lights making their way up about good, I don't know, 10 feet ahead of me. So I, 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 I scoot up and fall in line behind them and make my way up to the top of the mountain as the drums are getting louder and louder. And finally we get to the top and almost similar to my, my hike place. And there's this big, huge, ledge with a mountain behind it and then mountains straight ahead and up in the sky is the brightest full moon you've ever seen towards the further part of the the, the ledge and when it's a, say it's, a, it's like a big ledge but if you fell off it you, it's not like you'd fall a thousand feet but you definitely sort of roll down uh, a mountain there 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 are people literally howling at the moon and then to the to the other side it's a circle of people with i'd say probably about eight drummer people and the circle is sort of a a, a loose like it's almost like three deep rows of people with a center area that seemed to be the, the focus and so as, as i'm like kind of approaching it it's like I've stepped into another world. All I can think of you know, to myself, I'm like, if they're sacrificing someone or something, I am so out of here. But as I was finally able to sort of wiggle my way up and get a pixie inside, I see it was more of a sort of a freestyle fluorescent dance area. <laughs> Could have been an early end to the night if I would have survived and not been um, sacrificed. Anyway, I proceed to walk in and around the circle, kind of soaking it all in. People are dressed up in all different ways, and I can't tell if it's the way they are or it's because it's Halloween. I saw some of those sort of, you ever see those sort of freaky leather brown bird mask things? Yeah, a little, little, little creepy there. But, so after, you know, I'm, I'm checking everything out, in my mind, I'm thinking there has to be, there's some semblance of organization that put this together. <laughs> As an event guy, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to understand if there's some sort of uh, like run a show uh, guiding, the, guiding the night. Not sure about that. What I think I put together was, was that as the moon shone down, and, and let me tell you, a full moon on a clear night in Sedona is like the equivalent of a spotlight shining down on this ledge, this immense dance floor. And although I, although I, I would like to describe it as like a club, it, it, it wouldn't be fair. The re, like 
the vibe was more like spiritual and it was like the moonlight was filling people full of energy so as I as I looked at the sky <laughs> I sound like I was uh, out of the 60s here but as I looked at the sky there were clouds slowly moving around that kind of come off dark because of the moonlight the drums were like sometimes they were loud and fast other times it was like short like kind of like slower and mellow and what I think I was able to, to interpret, and I might be wrong here, but was as, as the clouds would sometimes pass in front of the moon, the quote dance floor would, would like would darken and the drums would mellow. As the clouds cleared, the drums would slowly start to pick up. And then when the moon was fully exposed, they were, they were going faster and faster and the, and, and the dancing would pick up and it was all just sort of like very contagious. So at one point, I'm standing like a little further back up on the mountain looking down at the dance floor and as the music picks up and kind of comes to this, this peak, all of a sudden, all these dogs and I swear what appears to be wolves come running down the mountain and I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's going to be carnage and then after the initial burst they just sort of became part of the scene and we're walking around people were uh, petting them or playing with them and I don't know it was it was again a little a little surreal but again I don't know who's running the show it was just sort of it was organized chaos and I, I continued to sort of just People watch. I, I literally, I didn't speak to one. I was there for probably like three hours and I didn't speak to one person. And then it was probably around 11, the music started to taper off. And I realized as weird as this is now, it can only get super weird when there's no uh, entertainment. So I decided to uh, plot my out and uh, came up with the similar plan that I got there with was that I waited and I saw about four people leaving that had flashlights and I fell in line behind them and sort of made my way uh, down the mountain. And <laughs> as, as I'm walking down, I called Tom and I said, hey, finished up here. Can you come pick me up? And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, I got a couple of the pickups, but I'll be there, you know, as soon as I can. And so I continued to make my way down the mountain. And when I got down there, again, pitch black. There was definitely some other people leaving. By the way, there was like cars parked all over the area uh, at the base. So I kind of sat there and I waited. There was this, I guess, two people. They had parked on the side of the road, but when they went to go leave, the car went into a ditch and they had zero patience and started doing some crazy stuff. And finally, they, they pulled us out. And I I cannot believe that they had a bottom of their car left after what I heard. It was it was painful to, to listen to, but anyway, they drove away. And so I waited, and honestly, I probably waited a good half hour, but certainly could not hate on Tom, because without him, I have no idea how I would have gotten back to the hotel. So sure enough, he shows up to pick me up. I get back in the good old van, and we proceed to drive back uh, to the hotel and got to be entertained with more Tom's stories. I didn't really feel necessary to share with him because it sounds like uh, everything I experienced to him was probably commonplace in, in, in that neck of the woods. And we made our way back to the courtyard. And when we got there, 
I, I got out of the van and said, hey, goodbye, and thanked him profusely. And he, uh, he tipped his uh, cowboy hat to me and said in his modest Superman way, live your life, brother, <laughs> as he drove off into the Sedona night. I am now on the road again. <laughs> But that is going to be just what a special memory from this trip. But nonetheless, I am now heading to Zion, uh, which is in Utah, and looking to get in touch with some more Mother Nature, checking out the landscapes and all the good stuff. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to the Virgin, Utah uh, first. <laughs> then it'll be off to Zion. I will say this. <laughs> These, these last 24 hours, really, it could not have worked out any better. All right, peace out, and I will talk to you all soon. Music in this episode is courtesy of Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. A special thanks goes out to Real Love Diplomats for providing the soundtrack to Don't Call It a Memoir.